What are some options for the Minnesota Wild with their two first-round picks in the upcoming NHL draft? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of Locked On Wild, we continue the reaction to the Kevin Fiala trade as Wyatt Garen joins the show to discuss that as well as some potential options for the Wild with their two first-round picks in the draft on Thursday. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wilds, veteran Minnesota sports content producer, and joined by friend of the show Wyatt Guerin to break down the Fiala trade, as well as many other uh, Wild-related bits and news. Wyatt, thanks for uh, joining once again. Obviously, some pre-4th of July fireworks with the Kevin Fiala trade to the Los Angeles Kings. So let's uh, let's just jump in there. What was your reaction to the Wild sending Kevin Fiala out west? Well, I I was at work today, and I looked at Twitter, and I saw, uh, I think it was Friedman tweeted out Fiala market was heating up. So then, you know how it goes all day, refresh, refresh, refresh. And I... I didn't think it was going to actually happen because I didn't see Russo say anything on it. I only saw that one tweet from uh, Elliot that's just said, you know, he's heating up. So I was like, okay, this could happen. And then I texted you because we had planned on me coming on. And I said, well, show might get interesting tonight <laughs> if this happens. And sure enough, a couple, couple hours later, about four hours ago now, Russo breaks the news that – uh Fiala is uh, out to Hollywood. Yeah, it was um, it was a shocker. I figured that uh, I figured the Devils were the the team to beat, and obviously they were because uh, he is now uh, a member of the Los Angeles Kings. Um, sneaky, sneaky good Kings team that uh, took the Edmonton Oilers to the brink uh, in the postseason this past year. Um, what does this do for uh, for the Kings first and foremost? I can't, Kings are Kings are on the up and up. They're they're. I mean, that was that, Rob Blake's one of the like low key best GMs in the league. That the fact that he pulled that off and got Fiala under contract for seven years now is it's a shrewd move and it's literally what they needed. Um, I think now you look that this puts them into. Not contender in the West, but you know, on that cusp, kind of like uh, like the Wild were, not this past year, but the year before. You know, some team that's gonna probably push to make the playoffs and probably will make it, and just could use maybe one or more good depth piece. Um, the only thing that really is a question mark for them right now is probably goaltending. Um, do we did did Quick retire? 
did that happen or am I making that up? Um, remember? I don't know if I've seen anything in that regard. If um, he hasn't, he's contemplating it for sure. Great goalie for a lot of the past decade, but he's past his prime. Um, Cal Peterson's a kid that could become a star. I, I think his ceiling is like a 1A, and if you can get a 1B behind him, you have a solid, solid net presence. But, yeah, look out for L.A. next year, man. They're going to – it'll probably be them in Edmonton in that division. Even even with – Vegas is in there, right? Even with Vegas. Yeah. So I was – that's actually what I was going to, uh, to pull up is just looking at where teams are at. And obviously, you've got um, – you got the Calgary Flames. They've got some decisions that they have to make, though, going forward, some – extensions they're going to have to to get ironed out but they definitely have money to do it you've got Edmonton who is with McDavid and Drysaddle going to be there again um I'd say it's the Kings in Vegas probably as and I would say you know two three four is pretty much a toss-up at this point like those are all going to be good teams Vancouver could be but I think it's pretty safe to say that San Jose and Seattle will not. Um, Anaheim started off so hot and just absolutely fizzled. So yeah, my future's bet on the Ducks to win the uh, <laughs> to win that division didn't plan didn't pan out. But the the main thing is like with this move and the potential to make other moves, Kings could now having gotten this done be like you know what. We uh, we got a couple more moves we can make. We may as well go get them, and uh, and give it a ride next year. Hey, the other thing about this is that was a draft pick they really didn't need. It, uh, they really didn't need. They still got some really good prospects that are either have broken in a little bit or will be breaking in. I mean, think of Turkut, Turkot, whatever, you, however you say it. Uh, Jared Anderson, Dolan, Gabe Velarde. I mean that's three centers right there that, and all those guys could probably transition to the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, can't think of any of their D prospects off the top of my head, but it was Brock Faber. Now, member of the Minnesota Wild. Um, but yeah, I think that's a you know if they could, if I think they still have their second rounder this year. If they pick up like a quality like, you know, middle middle two defenseman, bottom six defensive prospect in there that. Look out for, for LA, man. It's and saying that Calgary was kind of the team to beat going into last year in that division, and we have no idea where what's going to happen with Goudreau, Monahan. I mean, they all these rumors right now are about Goudreau going to Philly. So I, to me, right now that division's wide open because even with uh, McDavid and Drysaddle. Edmonton's, you know, they're still searching for the net presence. They're still searching for depth. Yeah, that's a wide open division, in my opinion. Yeah, it's it's a move that could drastically shape not only the uh, the Western Conference but the Pacific Division as well. So uh, it will be very interesting to see how things play out out west. Obviously, now the Wild with an additional first round pick. And uh, Wyatt, I know you had a chance to take a look at a couple of names for not only 19, 
but also for 24. Or maybe the Wild make a trade and move up the board a little bit. We'll uh, we'll talk about potential locks for both first-round picks for the Minnesota Wild as we continue today's episode of Lockdown Wild after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wild once again. Thank you for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Locked on fans, uh, the NHL draft is coming up next week, and uh, our local hosts and draft experts are breaking it down with insights and analysis for every first-round pick. Make sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Wild YouTube channel for all the latest breakdowns on the NHL draft and more. We've got some other plans for the draft that are in the works as we speak. So more on those coming up next week. Seth Topol joined by Wyatt Guerin here for today's episode of Locked on Wild. And uh, all right, 19, 24, we have those in the bank. So uh, who are some names that the Wild should take a look at for those first-round picks once it comes time to make a selection? Well, what's interesting is before the Kevin Fiala trade, which brought in Brock Faber, I... I was of the opinion that the Wild could have gone any which way. They could have gone best player available to whoever felt to them that they felt they wanted to pick. And now you bring in Brock Faber, and to me that just defenseman is now off the board, and it's pretty much guarantees that uh, Billy G and Judd Brackett go with a forward here. So one of my big, big draft crushes, right now is a kid by the name of uh, uh bear with me here Luca Del Bell Beluz um can't wait to see uh how that looks on the back of an NHL sweater um <laughs> uh Lepanta is gonna get pissed if the wild pick him because that's a mouthful <laughs> man but kid's good he's you know, not a not a huge guy six feet tall um really smart player can play the center um and I, I just think right now the Wild just continue to stock up on centers because it's still the biggest weakness on the team. And this this kid could – he could come in and slot in, you know, middle six. I, I don't know if there's, like, a, a 1C, like, ceiling for him, but he's going to be a very good NHL player. And I think when you're that low in the draft, that's something you look for easily. So uh, Luca, as we'll call him. Not gonna. Tr- the last name, man. <laughs> no, and it's it's it. it's funny you bring that up because I was just looking at some mocks um, this week and saw that he was pegged to go to the Wild at twenty four. Um, and 
what threw me off the sense, and I was purely looking at this aspect because I was trying to make a point, um, was that he was a little undersized. And so that threw up a red flag at that point. But again, that's something that can be that's something that can be fixed, especially if the talent is there. And so I have no problem with him as a prospect. It's just I feel like we get kind of sucked into that mold all the time of like we're drafting all these guys that are undersized. I mean, look at the decor. It's like right. all guys that are other than Jacob Middleton, who are a basically a cookie cutter mold of each other. So I, I had to laugh because as soon as you brought that name up, I'm like, oh yeah, we talked about yeah. him. Uh, yeah. Earlier well, this the week. other thing you got to keep in mind too is you draft these kids at their 17, 18, 19. <laughs> like I don't know. I I put on probably two inches after I turned 19. So like, and 179 pounds. Like he could very well come into the NHL at a height and weight of like 6'2", 190, which is, I mean, it's 10 more pounds and two more inches, but I mean, that's, and if he can keep his foot speed with that, it's, there's no reason that that doesn't help him. Mm -hmm. And it does, it does carry weight, forgive the pun, but um, (laughs) that stuff does factor in. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, that late in the draft, I think, not late, late in the first round. I think you just look at guys that you can see the NHL, not potential, but you don't take a guy that late in the first round that is like, oh, he might be this. You know what I mean? That's more for the the early, the early picks where you're trying to hit a home run. Um, another name I had written down was uh, Connor Geeky. Now, you want to talk about size, I believe he's 6'3". I don't have a weight for him, but just a big physical dude that can – I think he can play the center, and he'll just push push bodies around, man. It's, it's like a – if we could get him in, and he could almost be like that fourth guy for the – for the grief line, you know what I, Ooh. I mean? Any Anyone goes down on that line and you throw him in there. And uh, I think I've seen some scouts say he's only about a year or two out. He just needs to fill out a little bit. So I think that could be an interesting pickup if you go those two guys. Because um, I don't think you can pigeonhole both of them as centers either. So you just draft both of them as forwards, put them in the system, see what they can do. I think those are two guys that really drew my attention. Uh, another name I had here was, was uh, Jimmy Snuggerud, uh, who I believe is a local kid, if I'm not mistaken. Um, going to play for the Gophers next year. Uh, second on the National Development team with, like, seven power play goals. Like, the kid just shoots. He, he's, he has a rocket. Like, he's a born shooter, and he's a wing. So he's... It, if you go that direction, you're not getting that face-off guy, that, you know, two-way guy. This guy is going to he's gonna play like that Steven Stamkos, Alex Ovechkin, like power play. You put him at the top of the circle. You put him in Ovi's office and just let him, let him, let him eat, basically. So those are three guys I was really high on. Did you, uh, did you have any guys you wanted to 
you want to discuss? You know, it's funny in all this process, I, I allocate so much to the, um, to the guests that I bring in. And then me, myself, I just rely on that. Honestly, I've been just going with the, the needs um, aspect of this. And I think it's pretty, it would be a huge, huge good thing if the Wilds come away in this first round with a center. I think I, I think that's I pretty pretty easy to identify. I mean, as you said, you know, you, you don't really you don't really need to make goalie a priority, Bob, because of the fact that Jesper Wallstead's in the system right now. Um and honestly the D is short up basically now. Yeah, the D is short up with Brock Faber being a right-handed defenseman as well, that uh, that certainly helps. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think I think this first round gives the Wild an opportunity to um, focus a little more on offense and, most importantly, a grab a center. Of, uh, couple, of, couple of, not deep sleepers, but some guys that also added some interest, I thought, that, you know, might go a little later sure. than 19 and 24, but... Judd Brackett likes him enough. You could see. Uh, so Brad Lambert out of Finland, who that very polarizing name, because a couple years ago he was slated to be like Shane Wright and then Brad Lambert. Like he's been playing in the Finnish men's league for since he was 16, I think. And I I'm not really sure what's caused him to go down so many draft boards into the late first, early second, but. It just smells like a like an Alex DeBrinket to me. Just a guy that, you know, teams are, like, talking themselves out of. And we look back on it like, how the hell did he go that far down the list? I, so, I think he would be an interesting name. Um, you know, the Wild don't really shy away from drafting Euros. So No. No, they certainly don't. Not at all. Um. So I think he would be interesting. Another name I had written down was a kid by the name of, forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Gleb Trikazov? We'll go with that. Trikazov. Um, anyway, he's not a, not a high ceiling guy, so probably more of what Billy Guerin would do in the second round here, but a Russian, probably play the middle six. Um... He's a well-rounded guy, you know, like jack of all tra- trades, master of none kind of thing. But to me, I, I think honestly, this might sound dumb, but right now you you think, okay, Fiala's gone. I don't know what uh, his relationship was with Kaprizov, how that was. Obviously, Kaprizov and Zuccarello have that little bromance they got going on, but. Zuccarello's, he's on the back nine. Right. You know, and he might be approaching 18 in his career. So, and then the only other name that's really on the roster that I think really has helped Kaprizov is Dmitry Kulikov. And he's, you know, more of a mercenary journeyman guy. Not that he's bad at all, but he, like, he's not a long-term option. So I think almost if you draft this Trikazov guy... Just getting another Russian in the building, someone Kirill can really mold with. And, you know, that could even elevate Trikazov 
his game if he sees the the NHL. And I don't know what Kuznadinov. It, it sounds like he's he re-upped his contract, so it might be another Kaprizov situation where we don't see him for another couple of years. Yep. But I just think anytime you can get countrymen of your best player in, especially like like Canadians are Canadian U.S. whatever you know they they can mesh, but got you know Kirill doesn't speak a whole lot of English. You know he's not he's only lived here for like what less than a year, maybe yeah. more than a year. I don't. I just think having someone there that you know he's is familiar with him is is a is a big thing, especially in terms of keeping him happy and also any Russian that we draft just probably elevates their own game just because they want to play with him. So yeah. I think I think that could be an interesting selection in the second round. And then the last name I had written down here was uh, uh, Rutger McGrory. <laughs> this is like an all-time name draft this year, I think. Some interesting ones. Um, excuse me. Uh, national development team guy. Uh, NHL caliber shot. Hockey sense. All that. Where What's scary is, you know, the skating has to improve. And... That's like, that, that's the big NHL thing is the skate. Like, you know, the saying you can have a NHL shot and be an AHL skater and you can't make the NHL, but you can have an AHL shot and be an NHL skater and you'll be fine in the NHL. So, but if he can, if he can keep improving, improving his skating, that guy could be, I, I think that's one guy that you could take late in the first round that might have a really high ceiling. I believe he's going to Michigan next year, so uh, watch out for him no matter who picks him because Big Ten's got a lot of good talent in it this year, it sounds like. like I mean, just the, the Gophers are going to have about three guys in the first round of the draft this year that will be playing for them next year. I think it's Logan Cooley, who's going to go top five, um, Snuggerud, who I mentioned earlier, and uh, who is the last Ryan Chesley. So, a lot of these guys are going to be taking different routes than you know, the college game is getting very, very more robust with the t- talent. Especially like you looked at Michigan last year; they had so many first round picks, mm-hmm. and now they're just reloading again. Same with Minnesota. I mean, be interesting college hockey season for sure. Yeah, it uh, it should be very exciting, and now we've got at least one name that we can uh, keep an eye on in earnest. That, of course, being Mr. Brock Faber. So, um, some interesting options. I, I, tell you, I tell you what, I got a source. Brock Faber, super amped, super amped to be uh, be a part of the Wild. Oh, love love, love the trade here. Well, yeah. wow. so there we go. You heard it right here. I don't know. You said. Uh, the picture that's been going around today about there's that picture of Kaprizov celebrating and Faber's in the back banging on the glass. Yeah, how about that? Sweet. How about that for timing? Um, you know, it, it does bring up an interesting question that we'll finish the show with today is like, now that the Fial trade has finished, what's next? What where, what do the Wild have left to do here uh, the rest of this offseason? And so we will uh, discuss just that as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wilds. After this. 
From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment as well. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. And like all other Built Bars and Puffs, this Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, which just adds to the awesomeness, adds to the deliciousness, and makes it that much more important that you get on Built.com right now to grab these while they last. So head to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15, For 15% off your order at built.com. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Seth Topol joined by Wyatt Guerin. And what now? What's next? Uh, A couple of interesting things from Bill Guerin's press conference in regards to the Kevin Fiala trade. Said that uh, Jacob Middleton and Marc-Andre Fleury are uh, still priorities for this team. It didn't give an indication really as far as I heard as to um, if they're close on either one or what the deal is, but it, it certainly seemed as though Flurry, the fact that they hadn't heard anything yet, leads me to believe that Middleton is probably further along in the process than Flurry is. So let's start with Jacob Middleton. Why it should Jacob Middleton be a priority for the Wild? as this offseason continues to try to sign to a long-term deal to put with this wild decor going forward? I think so. I don't think... I don't... Even if you don't consider him a long-term solution, that's a guy you can get on a contract that would become very tradable if it would need to be, if that makes sense. So if you need to move money and, you know, we're going to have a logjam at here, especially with all the guys that are coming up and the top three that we all know. He's not going to command the amount of money that is going to make his contract immovable, basically. So as long as you get something done, you know, two or three years with, don't give him any, like, no movement or no trade clauses. It's a fine deal, I think. Especially, he's solid defenseman um loves it in minnesota you know hasn't stopped raving about it since he got here so it it wouldn't surprise me at all if he if talks with him were further along than they are with mark andre fleury i'll propose another um this or that we're going to play this or that with uh with both of these guys to finish off the show and so um i just get the sense that with the wilds decor with Kalen Addison waiting for a spot to open up um, and you know, with, with all the prospects that are sitting down in the system at this current moment that could be ready in a year, two years, three years from now. Do you think it's more likely that the Wild trade a current member of the starting decor and we'll assume that to mean Spurgeon, Middleton, Dumba, Brodeen, Kulikov, Merrill, Goligoski? Or, so that current decor, mm-hmm. or Kalen Addison. 
Hard hitting questions, I know. (laughs) Holy Um, my gut says probably Addison. Like, that's what my gut says. Like, logically, if it were me. I'd send Dumba on the next flight out to whoever gave me a good package for him. Um, we heard uh, Russo was on KFan today, and he was talking about, you know, the, all these names. You got Carson Lambos, Damon Hunt, uh, Jack Pert, um, Ryan O'Rourke. Is it Ryan? Yep. Yeah. Um, now Brock Faber. Kalen Addison still pushing for time. Uh, Simon Johansson. I mean, they just let Philip Johansson out. They hung him out to dry because they just wanted the second round pick over him. So it's a log jam at D of young defensemen. And with Faber coming in now, it's like almost 50, 50 on, we have like three guys that can play the right side and like four guys that can play the left. So gut check time. I'd say maybe Addison's not as far along as they were hoping by now yeah but then again i don't know what because the wild aren't a team that can take on money right now so unless you're just unless you're dumping him for a pick i don't really see where you go with that you know what i mean like and i'd honestly rather have addison than a pick at this point because i still think he can be a really good player so that's an interesting question to me uh to me, it's more likely Addison goes, but I just don't I, – I don't know what the deal would be that would materialize for him to get shipped out. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. And so it's it's more so just an interesting hypothetical, um, but I felt like throwing it out there. And then with Flurry, um, with Jesper Wallstead expected to be – well, he will be in Iowa next year. And the hope is that within the next two, maybe three years, he can be ready to uh, to take the reins. So here's the hypothetical question for this. Will either Cam Talbot or Marc-Andre Fleury be on the wild roster by the time Jesper Wallstead is ready to take over as the starting goalie? I will say yes, with the caveat of if not, it'll be another veteran guy. Yep. So, I, I don't know, like, uh, I'm trying to think who, maybe like a Eunice Corposalo from uh, Columbus. You bring him in to pair with Wallstead in the near future. You can see them doing that. Um, yeah, goalies, they always say goalies are voodoo, man. You don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. You have no idea how that's going to pan out, man. There's been so many good goalie prospects that have just gone down the tubes and so many goalies that have come out of nowhere to have. I mean, Cam Talbot played Canadian uh, college hockey and started in the ECHL, and he's been a reasonable starter in the NHL for the past almost not ten, but like seven years now. Mm-hmm. So it, it they're just goalies are weird, man. Um, and as far as Wallstead, you know, he's got all the numbers and all that, but I think the worst thing you can do for a goalie is rush them. 
Yes. That is the absolute worst thing you could do. I mean, look at Carter Hart, man. And not that Carter Hart's bad by any means, but they rushed him to the NHL and it's pretty clear he's he wasn't ready, especially last year. I mean, he's got all the tools. He just hasn't been able to put it together yet. So I really hope that that's not a direction the Wild will go, and I don't think they will. But when Wallstack comes up, there'll be a guy with some significant NHL experience that will be the 1A to Wallstack's 1B. I like that because I agree. And so whether that be Cam, I don't think it'll be Flurry because I think Flurry's, you know, when I said whoever was maybe on 18, Flurry's putting on 18 right now (laughs) in his career. Well played. (laughs) Well, and like I, like I said, we're talking like two to three years. So he'll probably, he'll very likely be retired by then. Yeah. So, and if, if not retired, I don't, I don't see him being very effective by then yeah to be a 1a i agree so some interesting hypotheticals got some draft coverage and of course the kevin fiala trade reaction as well all wrapped up into a nice neat tidy package on today's episode of lockdown wild now that your first listen of the day last one yes last one i'll give you a hypothetical nicholas delorier or nick bukestad Oh boy. Um Wow. I guess I'm going to go crazy here. Um I'm going to say Delorier because I don't know, Bukestead may Bukestead may opt to hang it up here uh relatively soon. Um Yeah, it's it's tough the way his NHL career turned out because he was God, he was so good on the Gophers, man. I mm-hmm. mean, there were so many people who were like, this guy's going to light up the NHL. And, you know, the injuries just... But he still can be effective. But I just think Deloria brings... Like, he's got that it factor that... You know, I just love to watch him play. Yeah. And I hope I hope they retain him. But I, I would bet there's a lot of teams out there for Deloria's service. Yeah. So... But I'm on team bring back D'Lo. Okay. That's where I stand. It's amazing what licking your own blood off your forehead can do for a fan base <laughs> to uh, to turn you into a player that uh, the fan base wants to see re-signed. So, it'll be interesting. That or, well, he did get kind of got when he said, he told whoever on the Blues that he had six games to F them up and, you know. But... <sighs> I like where his I like where his energy was. Yeah. That's besides the point. <laughs> yeah, it's it was in a good place. It just didn't. Yeah, didn't, didn't materialize. Yeah. So, all right, that I think I think is going to uh, to call it an episode. So make sure that your second listen of the day is the Locked On NHL podcast for all the reaction to the Kevin Fiala trade, as well as a look ahead to next week's NHL draft. All available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Lockdown Wild, available anytime, any place, anywhere you want to listen. So check us out. Hit follow on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Hit subscribe on YouTube and keep up to date with us as we guide you through the rest of the off season. Lockdown Wild is keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.